The role that real estate plays in people's lives is so often about looking ahead, making plans for the future, and long-range forward thinking. In this episode of the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast, we explore what it takes to look back in history. My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. We went on location to the Kamloops Museum and Archives to speak with Jamie Fedoric. Now, Jamie is a deeply rooted Kamloopian. Her family goes back multi-generations. She's clearly an expert in her field and very passionate about her craft. She is the archivist here at the Kamloops Museum and Archives, aka KMA. And today we're going to explore the link between real estate and history and how you can access that history right here at the KMA. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks so much. (laughs) Welcome to you guys as well. Thank you. So tell us about your role here at the KMA. For sure. So I'm the archivist here at the Kamloops Museum and Archives. Um, I'm born and raised in Kamloops, um, but I spent quite a few years working at different archives and museums across the country. I came back here about five years ago, and it's pretty awesome to be back in my hometown, back at my childhood museum. Yeah. Uh, The moose is still here from my childhood. (laughs) I still remember him, and I get to see him every day, which is pretty cool. I remember it too. Yes. I can't wait to see it. Does the moose have a name? I don't think he does. Could you imagine if we if we got him Loopster? No. Loopster the Moose? No. <laughs> he might just be Mr. Moose. It might Mr. be as Moose. simple as that. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, he's just the Moose. Capital T, capital M. I, important. I have some really great memories of being here at the museum as a child as well. Like mm-hmm. the basement, having a, a horse and carriage or something. Mm-hmm. Like there was... Anyways, a lot of updates have happened since then, which, you know, was 30 years ago, probably me as a kid. So it's looking beautiful here at the museum. Um, it's really bright, this space. We're on location. This is a departure for you and me, Parker. Totally, yeah. We're, uh... We ventured out of the comfort zone. <laughs> wow. Wouldn't yeah, it, Wouldn't exciting. it kind of suck if it sounded better in here than our podcast oh, room? Oh, boy. That we've spent all this time insulating and creating, <laughs> like, the perfect podcast, you know, scene. We would have a lot of work to do. Yeah. And that's okay. Life is about learning. That's true. Um, so I want to ask you, Jamie, we're, we're here at the Kamloops Museum and Archives. The archives really is the part we're going to be focusing on today. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a bit about like what is archives? What does that mean? For sure. Um, the archives is basically where people come to do research on anything related to Kamloops. Um, we take care of and manage all of the historical records um, that have been donated by the community and by the city. Uh, So we have an absolutely massive collection. Um, Parker got pretty excited about all the rare books (laughs) we have here in the reading room. Uh, We also have 10,000 plus photographs, um, family albums. We have maps. We have business records. We have correspondence. um, We have posters. We have artwork. We we have anything you want, pretty much. (laughs) That is so amazing. What an amazing resource. And you mentioned to me um, that it's primarily then 2D or works on paper. Is that how you would define? 
Ryan. Yeah, work. anything that's uh, more three-dimensional, it gets managed by um, our curator, Matt McIntosh. Um, he de- gets to deal with all of that fun stuff, but I get and to deal with all the photographs and newspapers, maps. Oh, that's so people's cool. People's records, all that kind of fun stuff. Very cool. That is, I mean, like... Because people have different ideas of what a museum is. It's often conflated mm-hmm. with an art gallery. It's often... Um, so it's, it's kind of neat to make that distinction today because I have never really For thought sure. about the archives part of what the Kamloops Museum and archives actually mean. So thank you. <laughs> and I can tell you from like wandering around in here, it's very overwhelming just how much material is here. Yeah. And if you're ever thinking of doing... I and mean, we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but... Already my mind is spinning about things I want to look into. <laughs> There's just stuff here that I'm like, this needs to be looked at. And I want to point out, um, this is Parker's first time here at the museum. Yes. Mm. KMA. Awesome. I think that's probably the case for a lot of people in Kamloops. It's on some people's radar to come visit, maybe regularly, or if for you've sure. got kids. So welcome, Parker. I've only been here a few times in, the, in my adult life, so it's nice to be back. Totally. It's really cool. Yeah, we do have lots of regular researchers who come in, um, profs from TRU, students, um, lots of people who write historical books or just people who get jazzed about history. They always have things they want to find out about their neighborhood or their house or these people that they've heard about. Um, This community has such deep roots and such fascinating stories. There's far too much to discover. So once you start, you will never stop. Oh, it's the bug. Yes. You got the bug. Well, that's exactly the link that I think we were hoping to make between real estate, because, you know, it's a real estate podcast, mm-hmm. and the museum and this, or the archives here that you, someone, if you have a question about a property or an element of Kamloops history, this is an available resource. Can you Absolutely. tell us what, what that process is for, like, if I'm... I'm a random Kamloopsian. <laughs> well, I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. Yeah. I'm researching Barnhartville right now. This is my okay. home neighborhood. Yeah. Um, we're doing a subdivision breakdown mm-hmm. over the course of the next year. So we're going to try and break down every subdivision, like unique features, like pricing, mm-hmm. like what's the feel, what's the what's sure. the vibe in each subdivision. And when you punch in Barnhartville, I mean, you have very limited access to information. Mm-hmm. Online. Online. There's For not sure. a whole lot there that's that's probably been... regurgitated into the WWW world. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely records you could find on Barnhartvale here. Um, Just off the top of my head, um, we always like to start with newspapers for research because historically, newspapers reported on literally everything. (laughs) Like, obviously, newspapers are still around today, but back in the day, they would literally report on when some random person or somebody's aunt came to town. They're staying at this hotel. Um, (laughs) This property got built. These are all the fanciest properties being built in Kamloops of this year. Um, New architectural things that were happening. Um, Everything was in the newspapers. So chances are there's information about Barnhartvale and the early settlers, um, people coming to town from Barnhartvale because that wasn't part of Kamloops originally. It was amalgamated in Mm -hmm. in the 70s, I want to say. I think they were part of that big amalgamation in the 70s rather than the 60s, which was North Kamloops. Oh, you're a wealth of information I wanted to say something, but there's like no way I'm going to start an argument with Jamie. Like, I'm not (laughs) going to win this argument. Never argue with an archivist. That's probably a good tactic. I hope you have that on a coffee mug somewhere. Oh, I should make a coffee mug of that for sure. Yeah, so the newspapers are great. mm -hmm. Um, We also have like a massive amount of photos. So depending on what's donated from the community, uh, we may or may not have photos of Barnhartvale. There's tons and tons of photos of like original Kamloops proper. So the downtown area, the West End, sometimes going into Sagebrush. We have a little bit of the North Shore. 
um, and some of the outlying communities. Um, we're getting more materials related to that um, every year. We seem to get more. So and those come into your collection, as you said, from like people community members will, willing yeah. them from their estate or even to, like yeah. just cleaning out their house. They find something in the attic. Um, occasionally, people will like find something at a thrift shop and go, "We found this cool old album of photos. Like we don't know where it came from. Like." is this from here? And if we can identify that it's from here and it's documenting the history of Kamloops, um, then yeah, we'll take it into the collection. That is so cool. Who deems, who, who makes that distinction or determination of whether it can be absorbed into your collection or not? For sure. Um, depending on what it is, it's usually either me or Matt. Sometimes we bring in the rest of the KMA team to kind of bounce ideas off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically we want to make sure that it's telling the story of Kamloops uh, really specifically, um, that say photographs are identified, we know who's in them, or at least we know who the family is, what the dates are, so maybe we can eventually figure out who's in those photos and paint a picture of Kamloops. So, yeah. yeah. That, is, that is fascinating. Do you ever get people who bring stuff in and you're like, that's from 1992? <laughs> no, thank we're you. We're caught up on that. Um, the age of the materials doesn't really factor in because eventually everything becomes historical. Fair enough. Um, we have big gaps in our collection because um, people weren't collecting um, more current materials. So we're trying to kind of more proactively collect those more current or, well, I mean, the 1990s was 30 years ago now, <laughs> if you get to the beginning of it, uh, which is a scary thought I for know. those of us who are getting up there in age. But uh <laughs> Yeah, that's that's history now, you know. Yeah. Um, we get stuff offered from, say, the, the Canada Games in 1993. That's a big historical event for Kamloops. Totally, um, yeah. Having materials about that, we have some in the collection. Having more wouldn't be a bad thing. Right. It's a major historical event even now, and in 50 years, we're thinking about future researchers, you know? I just sort of assume that, like, when there's, like, post-internet, that there's mm-hmm. just, everything's just on the internet from that point moving forward. I mean, you could, but websites go down all the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. there is an actual internet archive to allegedly stop that from happening, but even they're not perfect in being able to capture everything. Interesting. Um, The churning mass that is the internet. Absolutely. And I mean, physical records, um, as much as people say everything's online, everything's digital, physical records are still a thing. If you're a writer, you're drafting a book, you're doing layouts, you're doing artwork, chances are that's still going to be in physical form yeah. in some shape. Or people are making photograph albums. They're still printing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. And is any element of the Kamloops Museum and Archives collection online? Um, we do have most of our newspapers. Those are online through an awesome um, collaborative project called NewsHound. Um, the TNRD Library are the ones who started that. Um, we provide them the microfilm. They ship it off to their digitization lab um, down on the coast and do some post-processing work, and it all gets up on this awesome website. I had um, no idea. Cool. Yeah, it's a fabulous resource. We're part of it. I think uh, they have some Chase newspapers, the Sun Peaks newspaper. Even their current ones are going up there with a little bit of a time embargo. Um, Ashcroft, I think, is up there. There's a couple of other ones in the TNRD, and they're hoping to eventually have all of the historical TNRD newspapers. That's awesome. So yeah. going back to, like, any, like, what kind of date do you think that might reach back to? Um, for ours, 1880s. It goes back that <laughs> far. Awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, we've gotten up to digitizing, I think, the early 80s. Like, we go from the 1880s to the 1980s, yeah. and then we have a stopgap there because... Funding issues, things have run out, um, staff changeover yep. has happened. So 
hopefully we're going to get that project going again. And then there's some more recent ones that are on the site. So we have quite a few of them, almost all of them. Um, yeah, that so is that's 100 years of new, newspapers, really. And as you said, that's when, you know, one of the first research avenues you might suggest someone to try if they're doing a project. So we're taking it back to like, you know, real estate in Kamloops. If, yeah, you have a question about your subdivision or the house you grew Mm -hmm. up in or what have you, you can actually start online from the comfort of your own home. Let's say though you you exhaust that avenue and whatever Mm -hmm. project you're kind of looking into and you want to come into the archives, what is that process like for a, a lay person just wandering in off the street. <laughs> absolutely. Um, we absolutely love it when people get in touch with us before they come in, um, mm-hmm. just so that we can kind of look in our collection ahead of time and go, yes, there are things here for you, or no, you're researching materials from Nova Scotia. We don't have those <laughs> for obvious <laughs> reasons. Go to this archives instead. Yeah. Um, but by all means, we love it when people get in touch with us ahead of time so we can kind of check the catalog and go, these are the couple of collections you might want to look at. Here's some resources online to get you started. Um, our hours are Tuesday to Friday from 1.15 till 4. Mm-hmm. Though obviously, I'm here in the mornings and I'm here Saturdays. Um, so we can do appointments outside of those times to make things work for, say, school children or yeah. people who are working Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. Right. But, but yeah. otherwise, those are like open hours for the yeah. to, to have your assistants accessing the archives. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, they come in. Um, we talk about your research topic. Um, we talk about what kind of materials we have. And depending on what you want to find, we'll help you find some stuff, take you through our resources, the card catalogs, the finding aids, pull you out some actual materials and get that, go from there. Get that microfilm machine a rolling. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the microfilm machines are mostly for the newspapers, so we send you online first to try right. the online source. But sometimes the digitization process can be a little bit challenging, so sometimes the microfilm can be easier or better. And, you know, there's just something so visceral and about looking at something old in front of you with your hands and your eyes like Mm -hmm. you can almost smell an old book or I think that's what I like about thrift store shopping maybe it's like thrifting has changed that's a whole other topic but old bookstores though secondhand bookstores bookstores. that's the jam for sure there's like I didn't notice that smell in there I actually didn't in the archives it wasn't what I expected like I expected that like like a musty book smell but it's, this is a clean place. This is an yes. dust we, we have temperature controls. <laughs> oh. uh, we make sure all of our uh, materials are stored in a safe archival way to enhance preservation. Um, most of the time, our doors back there are open just to keep airflow going. Ah, very good. Um, yeah, it's just a little bit easier. Do people have to wear gloves or anything when handling some of the archival material here? Absolutely. Um, definitely gloves are required if you're hand- handling um, original photographs or film records or if something is really like old or damaged. Sometimes if you want to, we'll give you the option of gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes uh, touching things with your fingers is actually better because you have better tactility. Yeah. And with gloves can be quite clumsy and can sure. damage yeah. the records more. but. It kind of depends on people's comfort level when it comes to that. But unless it's photographs or film, then you got to wear the gloves. Yeah. No negotiating on that. I'm curious too, what, what kind of projects have you, that stand out in your memory that you've helped people with that might be, um, you know, Kamloops centric or even property or real estate related or. Yeah. There've been some interesting ones for sure. Um, we actually had a researcher come in. I'm blanking on her name now because it's been a couple of years. It was pre covid um, she came in from the UK um, specifically to look at the Kamloops Wawa collection. 
Um, those are like uh, this pretty unique publication uh, that were put out in Kamloops as kind of a, a language learner and having to do with the Chinook jargon trade language. Wow. Um, wow. A really interesting cultural time of different people's meeting and language changes happening and how people are communicating with each other. So we have a pretty complete set of those records. So she flew in from the UK and was here for about a week um, for like full days, excluding Mm -hmm. lunch hours because she needs lunch and I need lunch (laughs) um, to take a look at these records. And she was really excited to be able to do this primary source research. um, What was was the purpose of the research project? Um, I think she's she's one of the main uh, people who studies that specific language uh, from the UK. Um, She's just really interested in it. I believe she published a paper on it. I should actually Google that. It's been a couple of years and see if right. anything see how it came of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she was from a major leading university in the UK and doing some research and we have the materials. We're the only place in the world to really have that complete a set. Wow. So she came here and hung out with us for a week. That, did some research. That's pretty significant. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I guess it'd be safe to say that you get to know people for a while when they're doing a research project because they're going to be kind of hanging out and buzzing Absolutely. your ear quite a bit, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. We have our regulars who we see all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people just drop in once or twice. We'll see them every couple of years, but we do have our regulars. I love that. Jamie has no idea. Of what? How much I'm going to be here. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We're we going to start with Barnerville, but I already see a book good. back there yeah. that I'm like, I'm really interested in. So Parker's first time at the museum and he just never leaves. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, it's you're cool. here forever. I do warn people sometimes, especially when it comes to like the newspaper site, is like, if you start, you're going down a rabbit hole. Totally. You'll start Take with one snacks. thing and then you're going to be going into all kinds of different topics because it's so fascinating. And just like spider webs out one Absolutely. topic to another. Absolutely. So not to bounce back around, but I'm just really curious, like, how did you get into this field? Yeah, a little bit of a sideways way, actually. Um, From the time I was in about grade six, I figured I wanted to be a librarian because we were regular library users, obsessed with books, Mm -hmm. um, weekly trips to the library, which we still do. Um, So I knew I wanted to go in and get a master's of library and information studies degree, um, which I did eventually. Uh, But I did an undergraduate degree first in history and English Um, because history is pretty fun and there's obviously some fun ties to literature there and I figured that'll go well into a library studies program Um, but because of my undergraduate degree I ended up getting jobs after graduating in community archives um, in Nova Scotia and then at the Whistler Museum which was amazing they're a great team Mm -hmm. over there great little museum and archives Um, and thus far I have not been able to escape archives. Crazy. (laughs) So your love of books and, and books and then the history and you get into the community history. And I mean, definitely with Kamloops, it's my family. We've been here for four generations and we have lots of interesting characters who've come out of here. We're a really unique community. And I'm sure everyone says that about their community, but Kamloops is pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose that's true. But there is this like thrill of looking at something from the past that's like, it feels like a time machine. You're looking at an old photograph where you're like, wow, there's Mount Peter and Mount Paul, but I, that building doesn't exist. Wow, Absolutely. that's where this the is The whole now. landscape looks the different. The whole landscape Except is for the backgrounds. Altered yeah. a bit. Like, and it's, it's, it's thrilling. That's the best way I can describe the sort of excitement mm-hmm. that I feel in my body around looking into the past through like a little portal. Um, and I suppose that's a really good metaphor for the whole museum. <laughs> Absolutely. But, it's, a, it's a pretty unique experience for sure. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, I, don't, I can't really liken that to any other ex- 
anything else that gives me the same kind of feeling um, of familiarity and yet it's like foreign. For me, I, I just, for me, like in Bar, I'm going to go back to Barnhartville a few times here. You love I'm just, I do. I'm a Barnhart loopster. Boy. <laughs> Um, but there's like so many people in Barnhartville that don't know the, the names of the mountains that are in Barnhartville. Uh And I would think that if you were, if you were into heritage type homes or even just like sagebrush area, the West Mm -hmm. end, I would want to know who lived in this house before me. Absolutely. I would want to know like how significant were they in the community? Mm -hmm. Like were they... Were they part of movers and shakers? Yeah, were, yeah. were they business owners? That, you know, what what is the significance of their role in Kamloops as Kamloops evolved? Right, mm-hmm. it'd be it'd be really interesting to know that. A lot of times, it's interesting to think that people who have heritage homes are just the people who are paying attention to the history of their own home. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of homes that are eighty and ninety years old, or or there was a major building boom in Kamloops in the seventies. Yes, there's. You know, we were talking about the 90s, how long ago that was, the 70s. It's it's (laughs) getting up there, right? Yeah, we're starting to get people um, coming in to do research on the 60s and 70s homes for sure. Um, That's kind of a a new and interesting topic. The heritage homes in the West End and Sagebrush, those have been done. Um, That history has been done. But now we're moving into the 60s and 70s, those huge booms. And I imagine um, as the real estate turns over and we get new people into town or just people moving into houses that are becoming more historical... Um, those mid-century moderns that are up in Powers Edition, for example, mm-hmm. I imagine we're going to get a lot more interest in people wanting to research those homes. So I could see that, totally. Have you had people come in then and do their own research about somewhere that, for like sure. a land that they own or Yeah, property? we've had a few for sure. Um, yeah, other records that people have um, accessed, we have the tax records here, the assessment rolls, so that'll kind of trace your property back through years, give you some names to look up in the newspapers and in the photo catalogs to see if there's maybe other records. Once you find a name um, of somebody who owned the property, then then you're off and flying with the research because that's such a great um, avenue to go down. It's like the the lead, the clue. Absolutely. When we, um, you kindly took us through the archives there to take a look and I pointed out a stack of phone books. I I just Mm -hmm. thought it was funny to see that, but you made a really good point that that's one of the best places to find Absolutely. information. Can you tell yeah. us why? Yeah, the phone books are great, um, especially going back into the 60s and 70s. Um, they will literally list every single person who lived in this town. Um, and at the time, they would often list occupations of people as well. So you're getting a little bit of a view into their life. That's so crazy. Um, I noticed when I, I looked up uh, my family's uh, names in the phone books in the 50s and 60s, because we go back that far, um, as my dad came of age, he was then listed in the phone book as yeah. a student. And then a couple years later, as an employee of Woodward's. And then my uncles, when they came of age, would be added to that listing oh, under the same Woodward. house. And then yeah. my dad left home and bought his own house. He's listed under it's his own. like a record yeah. of, of his life from a certain snapshot. Yeah. That's yeah, so a, re- cool. a really like small snapshot, but it's it's a start. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's those small little kernels of research that, that you started. Phone books now are like, yeah, who who's even in the phone book now? We still give them. Like we I still know, give them out. But they're so yeah. thin. Nobody's well, listed nobody anymore. wants to be in there. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Which will, you know, let's say 100 years down the road, that will no longer be a viable yeah. or useful resource the way that yeah. phone books from 60 years ago were. Yeah, so, I mean, I wonder what people are going to do um, going forward when they're trying to do research on their properties. Like, are they going to be able to look them up 
that easily, or are they going to have to rely strictly on the land titles office, which is obviously another resource? Um, yeah. They can pretty easily give you the basic history of your your home and your property. Also has yeah. it also has your occupation on your title. Do they? Yeah. So okay. when you when you purchase it, mm. so when you purchase it, your occupation will be attached to that title. If you live, if you own that home for fifty years and you've changed occupations, it still has your original occupation. But hmm. it's still interesting that they do that. Mm-hmm. But like in the in the future, yeah, I feel like there will be less and less printed materials. Perhaps yeah. I, it's hard to. We'll just rely more on say. digital stuff. <laughs> I yeah. think so. I mean, depending on how those like digital catalogs go, like, is Instagram still going to be around? Are we going to be able to like look up people's like archived Facebook pages <laughs> or their Twitter posts? Like, I don't. I don't know. Do Maybe. I want a filtered photo of somebody's face that doesn't even really look like them? Ah. You but never more know, likely, right? do you want your grandchildren to go back to when you were a tween <laughs> looking at your <laughs> ridiculous dance steps on, Absolutely. on, TikTok, on TikTok? Right? Oh, God. I don't know. Maybe you do. Well, it's hard to say. Yeah. We're here to talk about the past, not the future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The, the heritage home thing interests me lots, okay? Mm-hmm. So if if I'm walking down the path of become like a hundred year old home is is on the charts for being in a heritage home, and if we're walking that fine line between ninety five years and a hundred years, mm-hmm. where would I start the process of looking at? Okay, we we talked about looking at the phone book to look at previous owners. Mm-hmm. Building materials is a really important one in that heritage home. Because sure. they conserve a lot of the original construction mm-hmm. materials. Mm-hmm. Where would I? Have you had people come here indicating that they're thinking about registering on to the heritage home? Absolutely, people come here to do their research for sure. Um, usually, they go to the newspapers, they go to the tax assessment rolls. If they're lucky, there's photos. Um, that that depends on the neighborhood. Different neighborhoods are better documented than others. Um, but obviously, new collections come in all the time. Um, we did. Uh, get a new collection in and process it from uh, North Kamloops. So we have a ton of interesting photos of North Kamloops from, Ooh. I want to say, 1963-ish. It was like right around amalgamation time. So uh, this, the city employee was going around documenting all these houses in North Kamloops. So we now have records of those properties, cool. which is pretty cool. In, like as photographs? As photographs, yeah. Years ago, it was in the 60s, mid-60s, um, I was a building inspector at the time, and we were mm-hmm. trying to diagnose some water intrusion into a basement. Mm-hmm. And they had this really funky kind of vinyl. It was probably loaded with asbestos, but this wall system that they had, and we had to pull it off. So we were getting permission to pull this decrepit old wall material down to try and evaluate this moisture intrusion. Mm-hmm. And on the back side of this vinyl was newspapers from the era of that construction uh. that they had stapled as mm-hmm. some sort of layering material mm-hmm. against it. And so I had all these pictures and they're all perfectly flat and they're all perfectly preserved. No UV was getting in there. Oh, wow. And I just ripped them all down. Oh. I mean, I looked at them for a while, but I was like, man, we got we to remove all this stuff. <laughs> I never thought that that might be a historical item that you'd be interested in. I mean, we are lucky. We have all of the newspapers here on microfilm. Right. So don't bring us your stacks don't of bring- old newspapers. <laughs> Excellent point. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're lucky that at least here we have the newspapers on microfilm, so we don't have to worry about trying to preserve bundles of old newspapers. Thin um, newspapers. But other, other archives are not quite so lucky as we are. Yeah. Are, is there anything that you are hoping people do contribute to your collection or offer? 
Oh, so much stuff. I mean, like the photographs are one of my favorite collections. I love getting new photographs in because it's the visual record of Kamloops. And it's honestly what a lot of our researchers are looking for when they come in. Even if they're not looking for um, information on a property, they're just looking for cool old photos or something to put up on their wall because they want... They want to decorate a little bit historically. Um, that seems to be a real trend that's yeah. happening right now. <laughs> Completely, so yeah. having those photographs is pretty invaluable. Um, we would love to get more film in. Film is kind of like a newer um, medium, I guess, film 1950s like onwards. Movie film, not like yeah. camera film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've, we have a small collection of films that have come in, but uh, not very many. And I'm hoping that there's some stuff out there in the community. But photographs are fantastic. And I mean, personal records, business records, um, documenting businesses in Kamloops is really fantastic if people are doing that. We have some from like the original general stores that were here. So I'm hoping... Oh, wow. We had that discussion earlier about yeah. uh, Battle like Street. Neighborhood, neighborhood general stores. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those kind of records, if um, if they were a major community uh, center, um, like, say, an old bookstore or, like, the library, their records, like, those are definitely of interest because it paints a portrait of the community and what was happening at the time. Yeah. Hmm, very and interesting. Like, in terms of the, just taking it back a bit big picture, like, what is the mandate of, like... KMA and archives. For sure. Um, our collection is really specifically focused on Kamloops um, and our immediate region. Um, we don't go too far outside of Kamloops, um, but like Sun Peaks and Hefley and Barnhartvale and all that stuff, any, anything that's within Kamloops, mm-hmm. generally we're, we're happy to have that in our collection. Um, if you're trying to donate something from Hope, yeah, that's not our collection. Got Presumably it. there's a museum closer to that area that is collecting for that. What about Ashcroft, Wallachine? Um, Wallachine, I, that one's a little bit tricky, whether that's within our borders. I'd have to check our map right. on that. Um, Ashcroft, definitely not. Uh, that's well outside our mandate. Um, in the past, our mandate used to be a lot bigger uh, just because we were, we were it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been around since 1937. Um, oh, so we used, wow. to, we used to collect for the entire TNRD. Um, wow. But now there's lots of little community museums and archives that have popped up. There's one in Chase. Merritt obviously has a pretty big museum. Um, so we let them collect for their communities and areas. Mm-hmm. And we focus on us. Hmm, interesting. Wallachine's interesting because I just showed a house yesterday in mm-hmm. Wallachine. It looked down on the original where the original bridge used to be that crossed cool. the Thompson. And then years ago, I read this book about the history of the Thompson between Kamloops and Lytton. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain to this potential buyer that there was like a very huge battle between Kamloops and Wallachine in the early days mm-hmm. as to who was going, like where the city was going to be, like who was going to oh. be the dominant city because mm-hmm. Wallachine challenged Kamloops at that time. Interesting. Yeah. And so now I can actually go get actual data on <laughs> exactly. that and not just speak For out of sure. my butt. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, we definitely do have it. some stuff on the early um, eras of Wallachine, some photographs, um, some publications and whatnot, because it definitely was part of our mandate back in the day. Um, I think it's kind of borderline for us now. Um, yeah. And Wallachine's like super tiny. I doubt they'd get their own um, museum and archives going, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Communities get bigger all I the don't, time. I'm going to take a stab at this one. I know that there's a facility there where they have mm-hmm. like a little library. Mm-hmm. It's never open. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's never available. I think you have to phone in to get access to it. Probably limited staffing, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. Sounds like a familiar story. Yes. That's 
That's yes. arts and culture organization. There's never enough you. of us. Could we have a whole team? That would be amazing. Oh, right. I mean, our team is awesome, but we could always use more help. Mm-hmm. We do have some volunteers who come in and help us out. Um, but yeah, we're always looking for, for more assistance. Taking time to look back, it really it mm-hmm. takes intention. I don't know. And as we said off the top, like... Coordination of a co- massive scale. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and you can't just Google it. You have no. to actually like come in and right. do the work and do the research. It's not just at your fingertips. Like even for me, I don't magically have the answers to everything. People come in asking, oh, do you know why this is named whatever? And I go, no. You know how much history there is? I don't... <laughs> right. Or do you, do you know the history of this person? And I'm like, no, there's so many people. Like, yeah. I kind of vaguely recognize that. Here are the resources that will get you to the answer you want. Yes. But I don't magically know. And that really is like your... your The way that you interact with people doing their research is a guide. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. you know, you're providing what you can provide. But it's also like, here's the best avenue to yeah. try. And it's sort of... We brainstorm. We know how to research. Like, I know our collection pretty well. Um, like from the top level, I don't know all the details in it because like mm-hmm. I don't have time to read all these correspondence and mm. invoices and whatever. <laughs> but it's like I know we have a collection that's on your topic, so here's that collection. Yeah, go into it and find what you will. And you're the expert on your research. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I can't be. You know. Do you ever have any interactions with like the RCMP about historical data here? Oh, what do you mean, Parker? Maybe like old mm. crimes, unsolved mysteries. Oh, juicy. Ooh, I don't think so. I mean, we did some research with them um, related to their building specifically. Um, nice. Because obviously that's a, a rebuilt building on the site of Alan Matthews School using the bricks and whatever. On 6th and Battle? Yes, on 6th and Battle. I did not know that. No, yeah. I didn't know that either. No. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, little piece of history. Um, so we found some newspaper articles for them and they went down some rabbit holes and they went and had to look in their own records because they keep their own records, being the RCMP. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not stuff that would come to us. Um, it would be problematic in terms of privacy and access. Um, and the RCMP are under federal jurisdiction, so if they were archiving their materials, they would go to Library and Archives Canada, ah. not our local museum oh, and archives. Interesting. Yeah. We get the city of Kamloops stuff, but we don't get um, provincial government or federal government records generally. There are other institutions for that. Ugh. It's just, we're learning so many things. We're going to be better people when we leave the museum today, Parker. We're going to be educated. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. So on, let me ask you, on your lunch break, do you just poke into like your favorite historical thing and just start, or well, do you just get tired of that after? I mean, first and foremost, you can't have food or drink in the archives. <laughs> Fair enough. So I'm not Excellent. having lunch anymore. <laughs> That's um, a really good point to make. And I, I go home. I like to see my dog at lunch. Um, he's, he's my buddy. So Your, yeah. do- your dog's name is Tucker. Yes, Tucker. Nice. Hi, what kind of dog is it? He's my buddy. He's a Saskatchewan special, as we call him. Gotcha. He's, he's mostly lab but probably a little bit of Border Collie. Who knows? Oh. He's a cutie. Right. But yeah, there's there's so much history. Um, I could lose myself in it. Um, I try not to because that would just take up like my entire life and I got to have a certain amount of separation. She's but... got a job to do. There's so much to learn. I guess that's yes. it. There's no real cap on 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 the what's out there. You, you can never know it all. There's something but... new every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> as, as real estate agents, I feel like we have a responsibility to, like through COVID, we had a lot of people moving mm-hmm. to Kamloops from south parts of BC. And they would ask the typical questions, you know, which school is my kid going to get in 
is going to end up going if we move to the subdivision, et cetera, right? Hmm. Where's the nearest parks? It's the basic stuff. <laughs> yes. But I feel like we should be able to educate them on the Red Bridge. I think there's a little bit of responsibility where I take on that responsibility to be able to say, like, this mountain is the, it's named this, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, for this reason. Yeah. I don't think we need to, like, educate them on the entire history of Kamloops. But That's some hot points. If somebody was looking yeah. at purchasing a home in the West End of Kamloops, why would someone from Vancouver understand the significance of the West End of Kamloops? Right. Like Absolutely. we just absorb that in as Kamloopians and probably take it for granted and, and take it for granted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it's just a desirable place to live. There's a lot of history there, Yeah. but how much of that history do we actually know mm-hmm. or how much of that history can we share with a lay newcomer to Kamloops that would add value in their purchasing experience or at least give them the understanding that, Hey, this, this neighborhood has some real significant history and that's why it's kind of special. Totally. And like, it's kind of a, if they're, not interested in history, <laughs> then you can't make them be excited about it. But I think you're right. Like some some hot uh, short list of like here's here's a snapshot of of the what this place is. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, but that's a really hard thing to define because it's all so subjective. Like people's experience in a place is about so many things. But that, that's anyways, why the subdivision breakdown needs to get a little a little peanut gallery of items that you know stand out and just. We should, Top the list. We should come to the museum and archives to do some I already know. Research. I'm already, I'm already like in my head. I'm already thinking. Six-month research project for you, <laughs> yeah. at least. That's why I started with Barnerville, because I like yeah. it's my home. And Start with your home, and then I love branch that area. out from there, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Start with what you know. Absolutely. So cool. Uh, what do you think people should know about the Kamloops Museum and Archives? Is there anything that we haven't touched on in our little chat that like would be worth mentioning to people listening? I think we've covered quite a bit of ground. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe come in with no expectations and you never know what you're going to find. There's so much treasure here. Um, like we don't even know the extent of it until somebody who's really passionate about whatever they're researching brings it out and gets really excited and we go, oh, that is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. So it's and awesome. Like that enthusiasm is so contagious. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Um, and I will mention that the, the current uh, rotating exhibition, is that what you call it? Uh, temporary exhibition? Temporary exhibition. Is this amazing one, not to divert too far from our topic at hand, but um, it's called Mountain Bike Mecca and it runs, it's open now, it runs till June 3rd. And I'll just say that it's about exploring the history and culture of mountain biking in one of the world's most renowned mountain bike destinations. Like, I don't even know if some people don't even know that Kamloops is a mecca for mountain biking. People, People know. People know. Mountain bike people know. I got a call from a guy from Squamish just recently. And he was like, I'm into mountain biking. Kamloops is on my list of Did places to, to bring him to. here. Tell him about to see the show yeah. for it's sure. It's really cool. I walked yeah. through yesterday and um, I heard it was one of the most well attended openings on uh, opening events on record. 317 people at the opening. That's a party. Um, it was. It was a little nuts. Um, <laughs> I didn't have to be here. And I'm kind of like, oh. Maybe I should have stayed home. We didn't need the like <laughs> peripheral staff to show up to boost numbers. Like yeah. it was busy. Yeah, but, but like, it was awesome to see like a different crowd come mm-hmm. out. Um, people who'd probably never been here. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully they will become regular visitors to the museum. Will engage with the exhibition. 
um, yeah, it was great. There's just like a little something for everyone here. So absolutely, it's a, a treasured place in Kamloops. And yeah. um, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us absolutely. today. You're a busy, busy person. And anything else, Parker? I, I, I'm the classic person that you just mentioned before. Uh, I've never been here. I had no expectations. I was hoping to see some cool pictures. I kind of like set the bar there. And like three seconds of walking in here, I saw a book about steelhead and Kamloops, and I'm like, ooh, yep. that would be a really cool book to look and that's at. That's how it starts. Yeah. Now you're hooked. Now I'm in the rabbit sorry, holes. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for us, we'll be at the Kamloops Museum in our We're going to move our podcast here. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks again, Jamie. I really appreciate it. I feel like, I feel like we should be honored to have you here with all the lengthy experience that you have mm-hmm. and all the treasures that we have here at the uh, KMA. That's true. I yeah. think if you're listening, you should come check this place out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Get in touch and come visit for sure. But give notice. Yes, we, <laughs> we, show love, up. we love knowing when people are going to show up. Yeah. It can be kind of bad if like I'm literally the only archivist. So mm-hmm. if I'm on vacation and people show up, they're not getting access. And we've had people come from as far as Australia. Oh, my gosh. And inevitably, I'm not here because they haven't bothered to check in with us ahead of time. To make right. sure. So it always behooves you to it check in. Because, you know, it really is run on, on people. Like, that's, yes. it's not just... We're a small team. We're, mm-hmm. we're strong, but we're lean. So um, checking in with us ahead of time is always good. Planning your visit. Making sure you have enough time. Mm-hmm. Well, people who come in and start looking through the photos go, oh, yeah, it's going to take us 10 minutes. We're going to find a cool photo to put in our living room. And I go, uh, oh, honey. Think again. <laughs> you're going to be here for four hours. <laughs> or they don't bring their glasses. I go, oh, right. no. Come on. <laughs> you're going to be here for a while. Settle in. Oh, do you guys sell old photos, like reenacted old photos? Like, do you print those and sell them? Uh, we don't print them. We, we do have, like, a small set of posters that we've kind of cherry-picked and done prints of. Um, but our photograph collection, um, people can come and look through, and we can give you a digital copy of any of the prints in our collection for 15 bucks. You can take it to any print shop you want, get cool. it printed in whatever size you want. That's awesome. Um, makes a great, unique present or decoration. I'm not leaving without one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So... Yeah, we opened a real can of worms here. Yep. Yeah, they're very popular. Um, actually, quite a few of the restaurants in town, in the downtown core specifically, yes. um, have some of our prints on the walls. Uh, one of our really popular maps that we were able to digitize um, is on the wall of the Delta. Mitz. Or, oh, yeah. Mitz, Mitz yeah. has our blue map. I love that map. Mm-hmm. It's great. We pull that out for everything. Um, but pretty much any photo in our collection, you can come and get a digital copy of it and Get it printed. Oh, that's great. There's that great photo. It's at um, it's an insurance company in the Brock shopping mall. That's hmm. got it's an aerial of Kamloops. It's an aerial of Brock. Oh. It's okay. not that long ago, like in the 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. And then there's the modern picture beside it. It looks yes. really cool, and it's fascinating. Really well done. If that didn't hook me, I don't know what would. <laughs> yeah, you could do that for so many places in Kamloops, especially in the downtown core. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty well uh, documented in photographic history. Um, we did that on our social media channel for a brief moment, a then and now, um, recreating some photos, just trying to place things in history and in current times. So, Oh, so fun. Yeah. So can people find that um, link to that? Yeah, it's just on our Instagram account and on our Facebook. What's, um, what's it called? Uh, Kamloops Museum. We're pretty easy Straight to find. Straightforward? Yeah. yeah. Direct. Check it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we had a quite busy Instagram account uh, during COVID Mm -hmm. because the building was closed to the public, but we were still working and we wanted to continue engaging with the community. So we kind of shifted focus from public programming and exhibitions and archives um, content because people couldn't come in. So we posted a lot and did a lot of research and went out and took some photos and... Got some staff involved in recreating some historical oh, photos, which that's was awesome. fun. That's so fun. And then yeah. I bet since sort of things have opened back up, back up, it's more of a shift. Like, yeah, we've had to shift back for sure. Yeah, but you yeah. can still go find those old photos. Yes, great. And we encourage you if you want to do those kind of projects, um, like you could do a then and now entire Camloops Instagram account. That is, <gasps> that could be cool. Uh oh. Lots that's of places. A great to idea. Do that. Oh. I've seen projects out of Vancouver, out of Regina, out of lots of different places. People do that for artistic practice or just for fun. Oh, that and is it cool. is fun. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for being on the Kamloops Real Estate Insider podcast with us today. You're very welcome. Can't wait to come back. For sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to get new episodes delivered right to your feed. And we want to hear from you. Send comments and questions to parker at royallepage.ca or reach out on Instagram at pbrealestater.